everybody. Live from Koreatown, it's the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I will soon be joined by my brother, the Icons, E-Y-E-C-O-N-Z, if you want to go argue with him on social media. And we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk basketball. Is there any way that the Cavs were not going to get swept after losing that game one? This is what we need to know. Uh, we got tennis. Rafael Nadal, again, is looking to set his own record and top his own record at the French Open. We have boxing, boxing, boxing. This weekend is chock full of big fights. We got Mares Santa Cruz on a rematch. We got Terrence Crawford versus Jeff Horn on a potential uh, banana peel fight, as many people are calling it. And we also have Char- young Charlo versus Austin Trout. And we have the 140-pound interim champion, uh, Regis Pagreas is coming in. He's going to sit. He's going to talk with us for a bit. And he's got a fight coming up in his native New Orleans on July 14th. This is going to be an action-packed episode. But I want to talk to you and start off for a little bit about a disturbing trend that's going on. It's very interesting. We now see today that Anthony Bourdain uh, committed suicide. And he was an inspiration to millions around the world. He showed the world how a meal can be communal, and the different ways that food brings us all together. But somehow or another, it seems that in that process, he wasn't able to connect with himself internally to see that it was worth fighting on for. And I just wanted to give a moment of silence and a shout out to Anthony Bourdain. Partially because, you know what he did? He inspired us And a lot of you guys that follow the program are familiar with the show that uh, my brother and I have on the tennis channel called Advantage Omar, where we explore the cities and eat and drink our way through cities uh, that host the Grand Slam tournaments and tennis tournaments around the world. And we would be remiss to not note that Anthony Bourdain set the blueprint for connecting travel and food and opening the world up and making it a little bit of a smaller place for all of us. And honestly... I think that we look at these people in general, all people, not just these people, but the people who end up that we see earlier this week, uh, Kate Spade, the the fashion designer, uh, committed suicide as well. And now the numbers are coming out that are shocking. Uh, There's a poll that came out and said 2015 more Americans were killed by suicide than by car accidents. And that's saying a lot because a lot of Americans pass away by car accident. And, you know, you see the rich and famous doing it, and it's just another evidence, folks, that people are people, no matter how you slice it. And the other piece that goes along with that is being able to buy things or go places isn't going to rescue you from you, and it's not going to rescue you from the darkness that can come from being disconnected from the world, from yourself spiritually. I personally believe that we all need to get ourselves together. We all need to work on ourselves on a deeper level than what we just see with our eyes because in America here, there's some sense that's off. There's a reason that we can't help our friends who are hopeless, and I don't think they're all the best actors in the world in disguising their hopelessness. I think that the darkness gets a hold of all of us at different times, and that's why we're in this thing together. It's important for us to be able to come together and really help one another. We need to help one another. We need to look out for one another. Obviously, everybody's caught up in their own lives. And if you ask me, that's part of the problem. In America, we have an I first mentality, and it causes us to be extremely productive from a work standpoint. 
the labor force of the United States of America is the strongest of any country in the history of mankind. But as we see evidence by school shootings, by uh, insane suicide rate, um, by the overall angst and division from our politics to our sports and everything in between, we're doing something wrong in America. Something isn't working right with, with the people that we are becoming and that we are raising, and we really need to address it. Uh, from veterans, I do believe the number is 22 veterans kill themselves every day, to regular people, to opioid addictions. we got a lot of problems. And I bring it all up because it does tie into sports, because sports is supposed to be something that unifies us. And so with that, just want to give you a little uh, something to chew on on this edition of the Ozone. And now we can jump right into what we got to talk about. Fresh out of the ring from sparring. I can still feel the aggression, brother. I want you to calm down a little bit. I can <laughs> nah, feel it. Right nah, nah. I ain't got no aggression. I'm, I'm done. No, no, no. I'm done. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm calm now. I'm straight. Good. Fresh out the ring. We have the champ is here right now at 140. A young man who is ready to make some noise on the large stage. He's about to be back on television on July 14th, correct? Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm ozone welcome to Mr. Regis. Bourret. I speak a little French, you brother. It. You got it. I just got I got <laughs> coaching, got but yeah, I wanted to make it. sure that it was right. Yeah, everybody messed it up, but you got it. Man, this is this is, speaks to a deeper problem we got in America, because everybody act like speaking a foreign language is something wrong with right. you. Right. Yeah. But uh but it is what it is. We're glad you made it out. How'd the sparring go this morning? Real good. I beat the hell out of my sparring partners. Should <laughs> I say that? I don't think I should say that. No, no. Nah, that's, I that's, mean, that's I what they're there for. They motivate I did good. them. I did good. I did real good today. Um, Wednesday, I didn't do as good, but today, I barely You're got focused. hit. You're feeling it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did way better than that. And you know what's interesting? That's something that I noticed in watching your fights since we met. I went back and I did my research on you and watched what I could watch, and... You got some great head movement, great lateral movement, great head movement, but it seems like at times you like to mix it up. I, I, I caught an fight. interview. I see that. <laughs> I love to fight. He, my coach always tell me, man, don't get hit, but like I love to fight. Like sometimes it be too easy for me. Like it get boring. Like, man, I want to like, feel something. I shouldn't probably want that, but like I hear you. sometimes like, I want to feel like a little power. I want to feel something, you know, and get in, a, get in a mix or whatever. But I can like I can box all day. That's easy for me. Well, I noticed that in the fight where you won the belt. Is that the the fight with Ndongo? Mm -hmm. It felt like you wanted to feel his power, what he was going to bring to the table, and then you were not impressed once you felt it. Nah, he couldn't hurt me. Once I, I, saw I told him, I was like, "Man, look, this dude can't hurt me. I got him. If I you can't, him. if you can't hit me, you can't at least like let me make me respect you. Like that's a wrap. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem for them. Yeah, definitely for them. I can see that in the fight because uh, the other thing that you do that I like a lot, we talk about here all the time, man, is you go to the body. Yeah. The body work is totally underrated, but it seems like it's making a comeback in the league nowadays, and I'm happy about that. Only thing that I'd like to see happen is, is I would like to see the referees catch up. Right. Because I see a lot of guys doing body work that they don't get credit for when it comes time for the scoring. Now, the, judges, the judges, the judges. Yeah, sorry, not the ref. I'm sorry, the judges. Yeah, the judges. Mm -hmm. They throw body work in as as if it's just a given, not yeah. like you score points on it. Mm -hmm. But also, the, the I want to say the referees as well, because in this last fight with uh, Vasily Lomachenko and Jorge Linares, in my opinion, one of the reasons that I felt like Linares got caught late was because he went to the body early and was constantly being warned about going to the body for punches that were actually on the belt. 
Yeah, that's no, that's a problem. Yeah, I see like, that a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so I don't. The referee, yeah, a lot, and a lot of referees they want to break you up. They don't like you to fight on the inside, and they want to break you up. So you definitely got to have a referee, especially for my fights. They definitely got to make sure a referee in there to uh, we gonna fight. We gonna get in the inside. We gonna fight because a lot of people, a lot of referees just want you to stay on the outside. And you as soon as you get on, room. yeah, as soon as you get on the inside, they like break, break, break. You it know makes their I mean? job can, easier yeah. if you if the fight is taking place in, in, from a distance. Basically, yeah. Yeah, see, that's a problem. We have a lot of, we talk about primarily we cover baseball and boxing on this podcast. You are in the Ozone right now. And for us, you know, we have a lot of problems with the state of boxing, things that have nothing to do with the actual fighting portion of it. Mm -hmm. And coming from a young man, times that I've spoken to you, you come off a really intelligent individual. You got the right people around you. And it, to me, seems like it can be a daunting task depending on the teams and the stables that are involved, which have nothing to do with fighting. We had King Gabe Rosado came in out of Philly. He came in and sat with us for a little bit when he was in the middle of his dispute with Golden Boy, mm-hmm. uh, who was his who was his team at the time. Yeah, they weren't he they weren't seeing eye to eye, and they ended up eventually breaking apart. But that was part of what we talk about. We talk about a lot of things. I'd like to get a take on just from you, really quickly. Mm-hmm. The top of the list is uh, this stable situation. I feel as though you're an individual, you're fighting on top rank on the on the big card that's coming up, mm-hmm. and you're an individual that wants to fight everybody. I've watched the videos. I heard you speaking about everybody at 140 can get it. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Garcia included. Anybody and everybody that want to strap up at 140, ready for him. Basically, yeah. Now, what's your take on this with actually getting the fights that you should get when you should get them? You're young. You're at your peak. Talk um, to me. I mean, the thing is... is that's the whole thing about it's the business side of things you know like all fight a lot of people say like fighters scared of other fighters I, I just don't believe that you know we've been right. fighting a lot of fighters been fighting since they you know since they was little kids and stuff not the case with me but a lot of fighters have been fighting since they was kids so they're not scared of you know other fighters but the managers and the promoters you know they wouldn't match you up you know so um like my my situation right now I supposed to fight a dude named um Jose Ramirez I, I was mandatory that. mandatory like I have to fight him and they they wiggled out of it. They got out of it some type of way. Um, now is that now do they pay for that, um, or do they get off the hook? Sometimes they do. In my case, I think they kind of got off the hook because they offered me something better. Basically, like they put me in. Now nah, I'm fighting in New Orleans on ESPN. At the house on ESPN. Yeah. So it's like you know sometimes I think they pay for it. Right? They'll pay for that. They'll give you like a fee or something like that to step aside. But in my case, they gave me something just way better. You know, like right. I'm fighting in New Orleans, um, you know, on ESPN, going to the Pacquiao fight. You know, so right. that, that it's like very shit, hard to be. It's like, you know, you want me to fight this dude or you want me to fight in my hometown on the undercard of Pacquiao, you know. So, with, the, with the most eyes possible on you. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's how they kind of wiggled away. Wiggled huh. out of it. Yeah. Well, it's a wiggle and a knot because then, you know. Talent needs exposure, and it's what I do, whether it's me on the microphone here and with my brother, whether it's me in front of the camera for ballers or whatever other hustle that I got going. Mm-hmm. It, this is my big brother here. He's been the one to tell me forever. They ain't going to – they can't expose you in the living room. Yeah. It, can't, it can't happen at home. Yeah. And you getting the eyes on you with your skill set, in this situation, I would say actually you probably got the win. They didn't wiggle out. You came up. So you got exactly. blessed with and that yeah, one. Yeah, of course. Exactly. And like right now, all the like writers, all the boxing people, they know. They saying like, you know, I'm the top dog I've at seen the that. weight class. I've Everybody already saying like, I'm the best at my weight class. So, you know, they can wiggle out of it. People can have belts. You know, they 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 not, you know, 
for me, they can have belts. They're belt holders, not champions. You know, like I'm. Mm, okay. I feel That's like deep, like yeah. I'm the best at my weight division. Like it's nobody in the world that can mess me in my weight division. A belt can't tell you you better than me because everybody but they can tell you by hiding from you exactly (laughs) they sure can because that's what they do nowadays and you see a lot of that and I don't necessarily I I agree with you a guy who risks his life for a living it isn't about him being scared Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not fighting oftentimes it is a business decision as a fan that hurts Mm-hmm. I'm of the era where some of the individuals that we saw at, at, at 360 Promotions at Tom's Fights the other night, mm-hmm. for example, we ran into Michael Elijah Day. Hey, man, Michael Elijah Day was a monster, and he fought everybody. everybody. Yeah. And unfortunately now, you know, certain individuals have made it more about getting paid and about being undefeated, whereas the old adage in boxing is if you're undefeated, you just ain't fought enough people yet. Yeah. You, ain't, you ain't found yeah. that individual to bring the best out of you. Yeah, yeah. Now, with that being said, I saw an interview that you did with one of our close friends with Ellie Sackback when mm-hmm. you talked about uh, how you fought twice in the amateurs against Earl Spence. Mm-hmm. Now, being at 140 and with the aspiration of potentially moving up to 147, obviously there's a lot of work to be done at 140 for now. Mm-hmm. Forget about moving up. With that, when you look at these pound-for-pound pound rankings, how do you feel they come up with this stuff? I, I have a real problem at times because they seem as though – there's a motivation that's beyond actual fighting. Yeah. And I understand it's a business. Hey, and I, you got to get your bread. I get I get mm-hmm. what's going down. Yeah. But if you look at the quality of opponents of what goes down and the amount of fights, somehow or another the the rankings always get jumbled up. What can you do to advance yourself in that light? Just keep fighting quality opponents and keep destroying them. You know, like you fight the best and beat them up the worst. Like that's all. Like to put it in simple terms, you know, fight the best people, beat them up the worst. You know, that's how you be on the pound for pound list. You right. Know? That's simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I don't think it works like that because look at Lomachenko. Lomachenko really hasn't fought a lot of fights, and they consider him the pound for pound, and he hasn't fought anybody. So, well, I won't say he hasn't fought anybody. Yeah, but he, I won't yeah, say that, he fought anybody. But he has thirteen fights. Right. Yeah, but so, he, he's he's good. He's really good. I think. Yeah. Right now, for me, I think he's at the top of my pound for pound list. Really, he's number one. Yeah, I, I mean, can't put him over, over Gennady. I can't put him. Over, I can't put him over the heavyweight yeah, champ. I can't put him. Yeah, over but he, he just yeah, he, Triple G just had a he just had a draw. We can now look. Which all right? We know. Officially, we know that. But on paper, yeah, on paper it's a draw. But you saw the fight. Yeah, on paper it's a draw. Anthony Joshua. Just um, you know, he just fought um Joseph Parker. Yep. He went the distance with him. You yep. know, so can Technical you put, fight? Yeah, so can you put him number one pound for pound? Maybe Klitschko. Klitschko is a is a nice champion. Yeah, for a long time. For a long yeah. time. Well, yeah. you know, regardless of that, I like Loma. Uh, I have a problem with anointing I, him early. I have I a problem with everybody getting anointed early. That's one of the reasons I, I really wanted you to come in and sit. Yeah, is because you're a young man. Uh huh. You got a long future ahead of you, a bright future ahead of you, and Nowadays, everybody seems to be a prisoner of the moment. It doesn't matter which sport we talk about. We get into it a lot here because people like to say that uh, this kid plays down in Anaheim, Mike Trout. He's a great baseball player. But if you read the, the papers, you'll think he's better than Babe Ruth, literally. Yeah. Because yeah. they just decide that. And I know that helps to sell clickbaits and streams and yeah, likes. Of and, course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It, it, it is yeah. what it is. But I watch the fights. And mm-hmm. you see guys who put in work and who get tested I, I'm I'm not I I can give I'm Loma's up there I'll give him top five even but mm-hmm. I'm not I can't say Loma's better than Earl one. Spence I got Gennady at number one I and, and what's and your top five then 
I got like I like Gennady, I, and not necessarily in this order. I like mm-hmm. Gennady. I like Spence. I like Joshua a lot. I I actually can appreciate a technical fight that he put down in Joseph Parker because mm-hmm. I'm a big fellow myself. And Joe Parker moved like he was like your size. Joe Parker yeah. was moving a lot, and and mm-hmm. Joshua was still won that fight. Yeah, yeah I, I like the fact that I've seen that Joshua can beat you in a multitude of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Bud Crawford, but I honestly. Bud likes to get started slow, and I don't like guys that get started slow because that's always dangerous. Anything can happen to you, yeah. especially with the with the way that they like to give away even rounds and the, everything. The, else. The, yeah. the way the way that, that that things are given away now, and then I got Loma there as well. Uh, I also, honestly, I really like Sore. Uh, we call him the Thai homie affectionately, <laughs> but Sore Rungs guy, the 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 Thai kid that beat up Chocolatito yeah. twice uh-huh. and beat him up bad. He's having some mental problems right now. As I said, he went through a breakup, so yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. can you do. But if we're just talking about in the ring guys in the ring, man, that kid's a problem. Yeah. He's a serious problem. And I also don't give over credence to that, oh, he had a loss. He took a loss from Quadras, I do believe it was. But he seems as though he's turned a corner and came in to become a different fighter now. And I have to take him where he is right now. Mm-hmm. Now, along those lines, I personally feel like timing is essential in sports as far as what and who you can become. Mm-hmm. You're coming along in a time in history where being a small man fighter is more lucrative even than being a big man fighter. Me as a kid, I'm 39 years old. Me as a kid, I would have never thought that that would, you know, Mm -hmm. ever be the case. Yeah. And and we've had a lot of great small man fighters recently in Manny Pacquiao, in Floyd Mayweather. I mean, in Chocolatito being the pound for pound king for a good amount of time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would like to know now, priority wise. You're a young dude. How old are you? 29. 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Fighting out of New Orleans. You're finally fighting at home now. Yeah. Which I want to talk about in one second. But from this point, career trajectory-wise, what is the goal? Be- because I talk to guys, and they guys have different goals as about their image. Is your goal for people to be able to talk about it after the fact and be like, man, that kid, he, he put it down. I right. saw a fight when blah, 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 blah. Or is it... Man, he changed the game. His his finances are up. Man, he just financed my movie and bought a casino. Like definitely you know want to I mean? do that. Definitely, <laughs> definitely want to do that. You always the, the money. You definitely always got to chase the money, of course. But um, you, you still want um to be um legendary. You know, be legendary yeah. um and be immortal. You know, Tyson is like my favorite fighter. You know, and like he is immortal. You know, Muhammad Ali is like immortal. Sugar Ray Robinson is immortal. They, they transcend the sport. Yeah. You know, like they would never die. If you talk about boxing, you have right. to talk about these people. You, you know, so like for me, that's that's like the goal: be immortal. And my one of my biggest goals coming up was like be immortal as far as like New Orleans boxing. Yeah, and like. It's almost happening already. You're there. You know? yeah. yeah, it's like almost happening already right now. I can tell you this. Don't sell yourself short because bringing a, an internationally televised fight to a small city, if you want to call New Orleans a small city, I, I already told you, I, me, myself, New Orleans is top five on my, my cities in the country and really like top 10, 15 in my places in the whole world to have a good time. Yeah. I love New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but to bring that home, we kind of saw a blueprint of that with Deontay Wilder. When Deontay Wilder was able to start getting his fights televised mm-hmm. and staying at home, even though now he fights a bit more up in New York and in mm-hmm. Barclays, but he was able to bring the belt to the house. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. So don't sell yourself short is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm definitely not selling my show. I mean, I want to be a world champion. I, you know, I want to fight over the world. You know, yes. I, he did it. Ray Robinson, they fought all over yeah. the world. I definitely want to do that. But 
my whole goal is like when you say boxing, New Orleans, you gotta see, you gotta say Regis first. Yeah, okay. you gotta say me. Top and dog. He, he coming <laughs> right. next. Jericho, he coming. He from New Orleans too. He coming. You know, he coming behind me. But okay. you know, you gotta say. You gotta say Regis. New Orleans boxing, me. I want a statue in New Orleans and the, by the Superdome. All that stuff. You gotta say me. But, uh, but, you know, I'm almost there. The thing is, like, I'm almost there already. You know, yeah. that's the crazy part about yeah. it. Like, and I haven't even started yet. I haven't, you know, like, I have, I got 21 fights with 18 knockouts. I haven't even started. Putting people to sleep. <laughs> that's right. good money. I'm putting that's, sleep. That's a, yeah, that's, a, that's a good ratio. But, you know, that's, but, you know, eventually, like, long term, like, of course, that's the goal. And of course, a whole lot of money, buy casinos and invest in <laughs> all that not. stuff. Yeah, do that type of stuff too. Well, what I can tell you from my perspective is becoming successful was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be in comparison to staying successful. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The world is a very interesting place. And just like in a fight, you always got to be ready to make adjustments. Yeah. And this is a fight for your own success, your personality, mm-hmm. your legacy. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I wish you really well in that. Dang. Now, with the fight coming up, how do you feel about your opponent? I don't know nothing about him. I really, know he's really? undefeated. That's all I need to know. Yeah, that, I've seen that. I've seen a few. You seem to have had a few guys that are supposed to be there or next on your resume. And now you got Juan Jose that's mm-hmm. supposed to be coming up. He's undefeated. Mm-hmm. Do you find that individuals feel like because the belt was an interim belt, it was a vacant title and you picked it up, that they have a, they have a sidestep look? Like they they have a look beyond, or do you find that these individuals? Uh, I I always I you can see when a boxer is planning past the fight that he's supposed to fight, right? Yeah. And honestly, it looked like Indongo wasn't focused enough on the preparation yeah. for you, mm-hmm. and he's paying for that now because yeah. now this puts him in a you know this puts him back. Nah, I gotta disagree. I think he prepared for it. I think you he think he's just for overwhelmed. He said I hit him the hardest I, he ever been hit in his life. Really? I saw the poster. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I see I that. I think he told Luda Bella, he told him a story or something like that. Like when he was four years old, he got hit by a truck. And he said, <laughs> like, I hit harder than that. He said, like, that's the only thing that can compare to that. So Jeez. he said, like, that's the hardest he ever been hit in his life. So wow. I think he prepared. He had, you know, he had a, a, a good training camp to prepare. And, you know, I, I don't know if he, he wanted the belt. He just wasn't he wasn't enough. He, yeah, he wasn't enough for me. Where do you think you generate your power from? My legs. Um, and I'm naturally strong. You know, mm-hmm. po- some like in boxing, or well, maybe in sports, and I know in boxing for sure, it's something you're born with. Uh-huh. You can yeah, improve yeah. it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but you it's. You got them heavy hands. You if don't. you got them, you got them. Uh-huh. You know, that's just it. You can't, like, George Foreman and Tyson yeah. and yeah, stuff. And, and that's yeah. why George Foreman was able to come back deep into his 40s and yeah. still exactly. put cats to sleep because exactly. it ain't go nowhere. Yeah, yeah you can't. You, you, it's something you born with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you can improve it. Of course, you can improve your technique, and you can do like drills and lift weights and stuff. But if you're a puncher, you're a puncher, right? And like I'm a puncher, I'm strong. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm, I think that the 14th yeah. is going to do a lot for your profile because the skill is already there. And watching the fights and watching your highlights, it's there. The preparation is there. Mentally, you seem very focused. Mm-hmm. Getting eyes on you is the key, in my opinion. Now, with that, I bid you very well with that. Uh, but now. We want to talk about what's happening this weekend. I'd like to get your take, both of you guys. This is an interesting situation because now that the promoters are starting to have their own stables which stretch out, we have this situation where we have multiple high-end fights on one day, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting. And a couple of them are here. I'm thinking about running down. We might go run down there tomorrow to see two L.A. natives fight mm-hmm. in uh, Mares and Santa Cruz mix it up in the rematch. Mm-hmm. Well, Who do you like in that fight? 
Um, honestly, I didn't even see the first fight, man. They um, mix it up, Jack. Yeah, I, I saw, I, I saw the, I saw the highlights and stuff like that. Um, it's a lot know. of that little man, you know, two hundred punches around kind of deal. Yeah, which, which is tough for me to watch because I would like to see an individual have the ability to put somebody to sleep. Yeah, without, yeah. you know what I mean. That's, I think it's two hundred punches. Yeah, it's not an accumulation. Right, yeah. This is a this is a that this one is a punch. Truck, you yeah. like the, you like the heavyweight. You this like the heavyweight stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like the heavyweight stuff. You like the. It doesn't have to be heavyweight. Out. I just like guys that got heavy hands. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean. I'm not saying it's got to be a one punch, but it just they can. They can put them out. They can. They can. But I, me personally, I like Santa Cruz. I like Santa Cruz in a rematch. I think that he. I don't know. I just the guys are, are are evenly matched to a certain degree, and they know mm-hmm. each other. Rematch is always tricky, so anything could happen. Mm-hmm. I like Santa Cruz. They're both from L.A., so I actually I like them both because I'm from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to see that the fights are at the Staples Center. But I think one thing that's gonna this is another scenario like the spot that you're in. Mm-hmm. Something that's gonna garner a lot of attention there is that you got the young Charlo uh, twin Charlo, the smaller Charlo, not the younger Charlo, the twins, mm-hmm. but the, the smaller Charlo fighting Austin Trout. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their eyes on the Charlo boys now, and it's such a tricky situation because, in the same way in boxing that nobody knows that they should have retired until that night, <laughs> it, it seems like you can also usurp where you are and be on the next level before the rest of the world knows. Yeah, and in that the Charlo boys have kind of exploded on the scene and mm-hmm. pro- proclaimed the world for themselves. Mm-hmm. I personally think they both need more rounds. They're talking about they're talking about uh, uh, 160 Charlo fighting Gennady if yeah. the if the fight doesn't materialize with Canelo. I think he needs more rounds before that. Myself, he's more athletic than Gennady, but I think I that, think he'll beat him. Really? really? That's why I wanted to bring it up. I think he'll beat him. First off, that's my partner. Okay, like, we all uh, we we all started together. in Houston. Yep, I sleep okay. by the house. They sleep by my house and stuff in high school and all that. So yep. I've been known for a long, long time. Um, yeah, Jamal. Jamal's a big puncher. He's big more puncher. athletic, very he's, athletic. He's quick. He's fast. He has defense. Um, I haven't seen the defense. Yeah, that's the best he, part. He I can, need to see. but the thing I is, he he walks people down because he's so big and strong. So he's a big one sixty, exactly. He's so big and yeah. strong. So when somebody hit him, like it don't matter. He like man, that stuff. You know, I remember he fought. Um, what's his name? J Rock, Julian Williams. Yep. And J Rock was hitting him with a right hand. He kept hitting him, boom, kept hitting the right hand. And I just kept looking at Maul's face. I'm like, I'm looking. He like, ain't feeling it. He not feeling at all. He just waiting to set up the punch. Ronnie told him like throw the uppercut. The next round he twisted. Boom, Boom, throw the uppercut, put him to sleep. He yeah. got dude got back up and finished him off like that. You know, so I think it's gonna be the uh, you look at Triple G and, and Danny Jacobs. Yes. Right? Do you think I mean I, it's hard to compare Danny and Jamal, but I think for me, I think Jamal is stronger, is a bigger puncher than Danny Jacobs. Really? I actually liked that's my favorite Triple G fight was him and Danny Jacobs because I felt like that was the most challenging fight that he's had. Mm-hmm. And I like Danny a lot. Danny's a homie. I met yeah. Danny doing a charity event uh, for cancer research up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned about his story and so on and so forth. They've been chirping a lot at each other. Yeah. I actually think one thing that's going to bode the Charlos well regardless is that they present really well. Mm-hmm. They, they're good talkers. And at this point, they've backed it up. I just have a problem, just like we were talking before, because... I want to see more rounds, and that just could be me. Maybe I haven't seen them mm-hmm. enough, but I want to see them in deeper fights. 
a danger when you knock people out early is is that you not knock getting, people out early. Yeah, not yeah. getting enough rounds. And you ain't going to knock everybody out early. So then you mm-hmm. have to be able to dig deep and have that toolbox to get busy. In a championship round. Yeah. In a fight but the thing that is, goes. So that's the same thing going on with me right now. People I know. Saying, you oh, knock people out. Maybe he can't do it. But the thing is, what, what people don't see is the stuff in the gym. Right. So course, we know we course, can do in the gym. Course. Like people say, right, maybe he can't go rounds. I do fourteen rounds in the gym oh. with six different people. So I know I can do it just because right. you didn't see it. That don't mean I can't <laughs> do it. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing with with twins. With the Charlo boys. Yeah, yeah, they can do. I know they can do the round. I didn't see them in the gym. Yeah, you know it coming right. up. I didn't spar them myself. You right. know, and that was, that was a long time ago. Whatever, but we sparred. And they've been sparring like quality, like sparring partners for a long, like years and years and yeah. years. So, like they know they can do that. You know they, they have. You it. know, you know. Now, let same, me ask you mm. this: What makes a quality sparring partner? Um, hmm. somebody that's gonna no push you. Somebody that's gonna push you. That's gonna give you real work. Like I don't want sparring partners that I can just beat up on. Like mm-hmm. I want sparring partner that like that's gonna beat me up. Like you ask my trainer. Like mm-hmm. when I first go into camp, my sparring partners be kicking my ass. Really? And then I just make that adjustment. I got yeah. Right. Wednesday. My sparring partner bust my nose. Mark Wahlberg came in there and, um, my, yeah, my sparring partner bust my nose. <laughs> and today I got him back. Both of them. <laughs> I bust back. one of his. I bust their nose. You know what I mean? So I like a sparring partner that's going to push me, like, to where I got to really go in there and think, you know, and, and really make adjustments. I don't want nobody, like, I'm just going to beat up on. I don't want that. Because in the fight, you know, you're not going to just, you're not supposed to just beat up on somebody. Right. 100%. These dudes that's coming like the in the fight. Level. Exactly. So do you watch films for the fights, for the fighters that you're about to fight? Never. I let, I let my coach do that. I don't watch, mm-hmm. I, I never watch um, uh, my opponents or nothing like that, you know. And now, how long have you guys been together? You're out of Houston, and how long have you guys been been working with each other? Uh, a couple, like five years? Yeah, five years. Mm-hmm. So, so it's obviously a good working relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you got to have a lot of trust like that, too. Sure do, if you're uh-huh. not watching tape. Uh-huh. That's cool, yeah. though. That's a, that's a deep I relationship. Mean, I, just, I just don't like watching tape because, like, the tape, you can't, you're not in the tape, you can't see how hard they hit. You can't feel it in the tape. You don't see how fast they are. It might look like that, uh-huh. but the TV being always in there is tricky. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. All, being there is always different. Right. I like the going at the first round and, you know, and see what I need to do the first round, adjust from there. You know, like, I feel like that's what the great fighters did. They they no went in there and they adjusted right on the spot. That's you what know? you got to do and as the great champs, right? Exactly. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. So, favorite fighter of all time? Uh, I, I started with Mike Tyson, Tyson Duran. Um, yeah, I love Tyson Duran. You don't I, hear I a lot of. You don't hear enough about Roberto Duran. Yeah, you don't. Duran was honestly, amazing. he's a monster. Duran he's a monster was amazing. a menace to yeah, society. Duran was that dude, like, was, he can do so much stuff in the ring. Sure could. Um, you know, as far as I, I put him like top five. Ever. Really, you love him? Yeah, wow. because he was so good. Like he can do so many different things in the ring. When know? he was great, he was great. Yeah, the only person yeah. that I really saw destroy Marvin Hagler gave him a great fight. He gave Marvin yeah. Hagler a great fight, but Tommy, uh, Tommy Hurts did of course. dirty. Tommy, well, I, that Tommy was, did that, that link. That link. Tommy did yeah. everybody dirty. He did a lot of Except for Sugar Ray and Marvin. And Marvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two dudes, he yeah. didn't mm-hmm. do them dirty. Now, and now with that, want to move on. You're welcome to stay. We want to move on to talk about what else is popping right now. Me personally, man, I put up a poll on my Twitter page. I was just talking to your man about it before. By the time this airs in a couple hours, I fear that this may be the end of LeBron James as a Cleveland Cavalier. Think so? I think so. I don't. I. I did you watch that footage? Did anybody see that tape after J.R. Smith had the debacle with the timeout and running the clock out? Yeah, we saw that. And it, the extended tape where they're on the bench, like two and a half minutes worth. It's like it's like two and a half minutes worth in between a television timeout where they were preparing for overtime, and LeBron James asked Tyron Lue if they didn't have any timeouts. 
and they did. There's a point where he shuts down in a way that I've never seen him mm-hmm. look like defeated mentally. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. With that, I don't know how you stay. Because now you can argue that he ushered in the era of the super team. And now you got to damn near join the super team to beat them. I don't even yeah. think they need a super team to beat him. He just needs guys <laughs> who are going to execute, period. Not even execute the game plan, just execute, do their job. If you're hired to shoot jumpers or hit jumpers, mm-hmm. open jumpers, you got to hit them. They pay you yeah. too much money to do that. Yeah. So stay in the gym, stay out the club, do whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. But when he passes you the ball, hit your shot. Yeah. You're wide open. Exactly. That's been my yeah, argument. They, yeah, they gonna he gonna he gonna dish it out. He gonna go in. You know they you go, they gonna all ah, yeah yeah they gonna all draw to he, him. He, he gonna dish it out. You gotta make given. the I'm shot. Like, yeah, you gotta make the shot. You exactly <laughs> wide you open pay shots. millions of dollars to make a shot. Wide open, wide shots. open shots. They need to be knocking them down. And now the reason I went there first is because you're sitting with two dudes who, in real life, I personally think that the best fit for LeBron James is New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying too. Yeah, man, uh, that's exactly what I'm you, saying. You, you, look, you get I'm boogie Houston back. or New Orleans. I don't even go Houston because they have a bad coach. That's this is where the I coach think coach is terrible. And, and LeBron James has never played with a great coach. I yeah. would say yeah. Spolster is the closest that he yes. got. And Spolster and that was, was like that was a 32 Riley, years old. Yeah, and that was a Pat Riley influence. Disciple, he never huh? played with that one coach. My man is ready to take off over there. Now. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I mean to offend you, but but but. Honestly, he's never played with that level of a coach of a Popovich, of a of uh, of of a Jeff Van Gundy, of a, <laughs> that would be a great Phil, San Antonio, uh, a Phil Jackson, of uh, even if you say Steve Kerr, even though I think he's caught a lot of the wave of Mark Jackson putting the team together mm-hmm. up in Golden State, who doesn't get enough credit in my opinion for it. Mike D'Antoni's system doesn't work. It's I, cute. It, 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 it's cute. It's a cute. It's system. entertaining, but it doesn't win. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. It just—it's proven time and time again. I don't care if he was with the Lakers. I don't care if he's with the Suns. I don't care if he's with the Knicks. I don't care if he's with Houston. That Houston team on paper is fantastic. Yeah, fantastic, and it's—it's it's a good looking thing. You have committed these guys to though they're shooting zero for thirty three from threes to keep jacking them up. It's yeah. not there, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's not there. Right. Go to the it inside. Yeah, it wasn't there. See, it wasn't but if he goes to New Orleans, you'll get that because if they bring DeMarcus Cousins back and you have uh, Anthony Davis with LeBron, LeBron James, Drew, and Drew Holiday, Drew and, and Rachel Rondo, Rondo, you can fill that team up with anybody else. You go run with him yeah. and get you a ring. You don't want one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anybody <laughs> yeah. I might go run with him and get a ring. ring. If, yeah. you, if you can hit an open shot, you get you a ring. He could go to Philly. There's no doubt about that. And and they're talking about now hiring his – they're talking about hiring his old GM for the whole debacle that took place with you know with the with the burner mm-hmm. uh, social media account. Now what I, what I heard about LeBron right now is that they're trying to get his family in Cleveland to get him to stay. Well, they going dirty. dirty. They going dirty. They going dirty. They going to try to make him feel bad. <laughs> he going to New Orleans. He nigga. He, I agree. Look, he going to New Orleans with AD and cousin. Are you kidding? First off, AD is unstoppable. 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 You can't stop him. All three of those guys we talking only, about unstoppable. Only, only thing that can stop AD is AD because exactly. he has a tendency to, to drop on the disabled list a lot. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a, that's AD's biggest problem. And I'm not exactly sure what it is because he's not too frail to the point where you're like, mm, that dude he needs to put on some of that good kind of weight. Yeah. He's not that. Yeah, and he's he got a size on him. He's yeah. got the size on him. Mm-hmm. But somehow or another, and he's not too big where it's like Yao Ming style where it's like, well, he's actually too big right. for yeah. his frame and yeah. he, can't, he can't stay in. But when you bring LeBron in, then you take that pressure off him where people yeah, aren't banging true. with him. Yeah, so now it's just him, Boogie, and LeBron. You have your triangle there right there. Man, that team would be, I would doubt they lose 10 games. 
if all of them get to play the yeah, whole season. They, that, that'll be, that'll be, a, that'll that'll be, be hard to stop. Yeah. And you know people are going to follow LeBron no matter where it yeah. is that they go. <laughs> Hopefully not J.R. Smith, though. <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand. what. Well, you said something during the game that was hilarious. He said, we need to know how much J.R. Smith is paying Tyron Lue to keep him yes. in the lineup. <laughs> why, why in the world is he still playing? That's the part I that's tripping no. me out. He's got some on T. Lou. He, he might no. have those naked photos. Yeah, he got some. Yeah. <laughs> no. He got some. He got some. I've on never it. seen anything like that. Yeah. You, you blow come the on, game man. like that, and then you are and in then the, the starting lineup every single come on, game, bro. and you don't even come out the game. He plays almost as many minutes as LeBron. And Rodney Hood is out there. Like, by the way, I can go I can <laughs> if go. you slide me some minutes. I get you some I offense. Get you some. Yeah, that's disappointing though, because although that team imploded in the middle of the year. The greatness of LeBron James, in my opinion, is on full display. People like to play and act like it has something to do with him is the reason that he's three and nine in the championship. Right. It, assuming they lose this, I'm I'm going. You know, I'm I could be a little premature, but I think they're going to get swept tonight. I don't like the whole feeling. I don't see a winning feeling in nobody's eyes except for LeBron and Kevin Love. Well, Nobody else looks like they're out there to win. Mm-hmm. But I also heard that if Kyrie would be there, then it would be different. I don't agree with that either because. It doesn't matter if guys aren't hitting open shots. Kyrie ain't going to miss 20 open shots. But, Ky- no. but, but it's got, it has to be more than you and Kyrie. You have to, I agree, but you have Kevin, to be, Love, Kevin Love isn't missing a bunch yeah, of open shots. Yeah, but you have to be able to depend on a guy like J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver and everybody else to know what the score is and what time well, it is in the game and all Kyle that Kyle Korver is only limited by his own athletic ability. Yeah. But his, and he's old. His mind as is far in, as yeah, his that's athletic ability. That's what I mean. His mind is in the game. Mm-hmm. His body, you know, his mind is willing, but the body can only do so much in his mm-hmm. in his, in, in his situation. Now, moving on from that, because nobody, we don't got the crystal ball, unless one of y'all know LeBron, <laughs> but but we don't get the crystal ball, know where the man is going to go. Um, championships in three out of the last four years completely put you in the category of a dynasty, which is begs that same situation of them being anointed as one of the greatest teams and franchises of all time. I'll wait till they officially throw the parade and this, that, and the other, but I got a whole diatribe of stuff where I disagree with that because I've seen a lot of holes in their game. A lot yeah, of holes. Nobody's in their ever game. exploited them, so you can't fall in with that. Lies, you can only beat who's in front of you, and yeah. this is in every sport, and they're doing that. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is what it is. But I want to move on uh, to a very interesting development. At times, we mix in the, the social and the political of what's going on in the world of sports. And now. President Cheeto had the nerve today to say that he wants the kneeling players to submit to him a list of all of their personal friends who they feel like have been done wrong by the justice system <laughs> that then in turn that he can look into their cases and see if he and wants to pardon, pardon them. them. Which is crazy. It's crazy, but in that there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a real trick bag. This guy's a real snaky dude because... In that, the assumption is, first and foremost, because you protest an injustice, you must know someone personally who, right. you know, who, it, it's who like... got done wrong. Yeah, it's like people who pass away from rare diseases and say somebody you know passes away from like an ALS or something like that. Mm-hmm. More times than not, you will champion the cause because before that, it was a rare disease. It wasn't necessarily personal to you like that. Yeah. Well, this isn't that with social injustice, because with the social injustice, as we're seeing, like with the black officer who beat the crap out of that dude the other day uh, down in Mesa, Arizona, yeah, along with his gang, because all that was was gang violence. Call it what it is. Did you get to see it? No. Mm-hmm. It's very disturbing. It's it's there's there's about five officers that come off an elevator and wreck shop 
on a dude. There's a, there's a there's a young man, a black man, who's standing on a balcony at, his, at an apartment complex. On his phone. On his phone. And the police officers tell him to get off of his phone. So he puts the phone down to his side. Then they tell him to sit down. He doesn't comply with sitting down. He kind of does like a lean squat like the coaches make you do for punishment in basketball mm-hmm. practice on the wall. At which point the officer is heard saying, listen, man, I ain't going to tell you again. Goes to work. Walks right up to him. They surround him. About five to seven officers surround him. He hits him with five crosses in a row. And then when the dude is just standing there and is like, you don't have to do this, flips it over, goes MMA style, and hits him with an elbow to his face and drops him where they continue to pound the man on the ground. He's unconscious. They leave him a ticket for disorderly conduct or something like that. <laughs> Bounce. Never even report the assault to to the to the when they filed the report mm-hmm. about the ticket that they gave. Yeah. Well, thank God the surveillance footage was running uh at just at the apartment from what I understand. I think mm-hmm. it might have mm-hmm. been body cam footage, but No, it wasn't body cam. It, footage. it, was, it was surveillance, surveillance from, 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 the from the apartment. From the apartment. And now this young man, they he actually I thank God he spoke the other day and you could hear he's he's messed up. He yeah. should have been. He should have been worse than he dirty. is. They did him dirty. So now that's an injustice to everybody. I don't have to personally know that brother to protest his social injustice. Yeah. So now when you're in a situation with Cheeto saying, bring me somebody who you personally find one, is that a condition? Is that meaning that if I know about a case that isn't necessarily personal, right? Uh, does that in, does that make it invalid? The, 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 the whole assumption is, is you've created a villain so you can be the hero. And it's a real trick bag situation. I just wanted to get your take on what you feel about the kneeling, anthem kneeling scenarios going on in the world of the NFL. Uh, it's, I mean, that's that's a hard situation, you know. It's a tough I think, spot. I, I, yeah, it's definitely a tough spot, you know. Um, this like this is a, a great country, you know. Of There's course, no it's, doubt about it's it. definitely a great country, you know. But you, we got our problems. A, we got problems. We definitely got problems. Um, but I feel like you should be able to. It's, we have freedom of speech. You can, exactly. you know, what I mean, you you should be able to kneel down and, you know, put your hand up or whatever if you need to do that. Um, you know, because just like you say, it's that's been happening a lot. Like, I mean, people, police just been beating people up um, for close to home, Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge. Well, we oh, that know was that. The, that was the worst. Baton Rouge, they killed the dude. That was the worst. Yeah, you talking about the cat in front of the store. Yeah. That was the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the brother's name right yeah. now, but that was Elton terrible. Sterling. Yeah. Alton Sterling. That was, that was it. Terrible. Alton Sterling. Sterling. And they let those guys go. And they let, let them go. go. And they let them go. No charges. But this is the problem because what the president is saying is that he doesn't want to do his own homework. He doesn't want to do his own research because he can put a committee together to say, listen, instead of going handpicking a couple of guys from the NFL, mm-hmm. why don't you put together a committee that can say this is going on and let's fix this problem. Let's have these guys do the research to find out the problem. Not selling a false narrative that these people, you know, that the, that the NFL players are against the military or against the flag or anything. That's that. what he did. He, he hijacked the narrative. And unfortunately, and I can say it by being on the tube all the time, TV is the most powerful medium ever created. Mm-hmm. Still, uh, the Internet is right there and the Internet works in tandem with television. Yeah. But the tube does something to people. And mm-hmm. I can tell you the difference between back when I was primarily in the movies versus now when I'm primarily on TV. Mm-hmm. When you're in the movies, people have to pay to go see you, and it's a different animal. When you're on television every week, the way people approach you mm-hmm. is as though they know you yeah, in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have people say the most absurd things to me. I have men come up and say, man, you with me and my wife every night. 
<laughs> in our bed. <laughs> like, I am? Why? Like, what? <laughs> and, 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 and it's a consistency, and they don't mean any harm by it. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I, yeah. and there's an innocence the, to it. It's the TV. But it's yeah, the fact that the TV is right there, and mm-hmm. they're in the bed watching. Yeah. So there's a there's an intimacy, and for somebody like myself, I'm 6'5", 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. So this puts me in a good position to to diffuse a lot of situations that otherwise, before I got on, were situations where people felt threatened in some way or, or this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Well, now they see me and they're like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a different animal. Yeah. And with that, if you master that medium of television, which is what I think that this president has done very well, whether you watch it, his most successful ventures as a businessman have been on in the media. They mm-hmm. haven't been in his ventures of selling steaks and right. blah, so blah, let me blah, ask blah, you blah, this. blah. How do you feel about him taking Dennis Rodman to Korea with him? You know, I think that the dude is always, 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 I didn't know about that, yeah. but I think that he's always looking for a potential scapegoat. He can grab Dennis Rodman and take him with him, who once again he self admitted that he's not going to do his homework. They ask him, <laughs> "What do you What are you going to talk to the to the dictator about?" I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked at all. I mean, this it doesn't even matter. It's just about attitude. You know, who's not going to make it just about attitude. The guy with the other guy with the nuclear bombs. He's yeah. actually going to do his research and going to talk to you about what it is that he needs and blah 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 and blah blah blah. Now, if you bring the worm out with you, who has a friendship with him, and it doesn't work out, you can now point the finger at the worm on why it didn't work out. True. It's like being a player. You always you always set up and out in, the, in a scapegoat just in case your babe catch you doing something that's out of pocket. Like, oh man, that was Regis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at the gym with Regis. That, that wasn't me. And who that was is, who, girl. Who's the better person to blame is Dennis than Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Robin. Than the worm. Than the worm. You got Dennis Robin. You got really? Dennis Robin. Yeah, you can, exactly. he, he can be a, he can be the ultimate scapegoat if necessary. Yeah. That's like bringing Mike Tyson over there. You might, you, <laughs> that's you, like it's the true. same thing. That, this it's is true. the situation. Yeah. So, yeah. so instead of once again, what what he's showing you here is. Instead of taking somebody that's qualified, even though Dennis Rodman has been over there a few times, you'd rather take the famous person. Right. There's nothing wrong with him. It's like the Apprentice All Star roster. It's like an All Star yeah. edition because every time he does something, it's somebody usually that had a had an Apprentice background, you know, that was on the show with him or something like that. I don't know about that. I I, I don't know enough about that to say because mm-hmm. I didn't watch the show. But it the person always has some sort of a profile or a television background. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 that that's without question. Instead of people who have dedicated their lives to studying this stuff, right? It's beautiful that he pardoned that lady Alice Johnson that had that that was you know that, sentenced to life for a nonviolent are you crime. Crazy? I mean that, that's and that's life? great that he did that. Yeah, but at the Jack same Johnson. time, he did Jack he Johnson. Did Jack also. Johnson. As he wants well. to do Muhammad Ali, but Muhammad Ali has already been cleared. And so and so and herein lies the issue, though. Those things you also can appreciate, and I will give that man kudos for doing the right thing there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, I can also still have a range of emotion and harbor that emotion, which is also you shouldn't have to have a reality star or a movie star in, in Sylvester Stallone yeah. have to be the person to make you aware of what time it is in the country for all of this stuff. And while you're busy trying to scapegoat uh, uh, athletes and other people who hold some sort of uh, notoriety, you're always deflecting. You make it about the military, and somehow another people fall for the okie doke, despite the fact that he's got the five time draft dodger. Right, he's I'm, a five time draft dodger. Yeah, this is just unbelievable. But that's why I wanted to get your your take on that because it is it's an interesting situation that has to be resolved in some way or the other. And I just wish that there was a, a potential for us to have more unity in the scenario than there was division. And he seems to always be interested in sowing division. 
Always. They, I they, think that sports can actually do that connection I that, agree. We, that we need because mm-hmm. more people are involved to watch sports than anything. Yeah. Probably in the United States, maybe not spend as much money, but everybody's involved in some kind of way, you know, yeah, with sports. Some type of sport, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's up in to the world the, as well, yeah. though. Look at soccer. Yeah, yeah he's soccer, talking about yeah. The, the World Cup's about to kick off in Moscow. Yeah. Man, the only place that won't be glued to the TV is the United States. Yeah. It's true. It's the only place in the world that's not going to be like, man. Yeah, it's true. You know. It but you have to use is. that platform, and that's why I feel like these athletes should be able to use their platform to be able to speak whatever they want to speak on. Right. Because most of these athletes are citizens of the United States, and you're saying that they don't have rights when they can't speak out. And yeah. It doesn't make any sense. We have freedom of speech. Well, mm-hmm. and you see the Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, came out today and said, we encourage our players to speak uh, to their issues, and we encourage them to continue to doing it. By the way, LeBron, go to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that part. <laughs> He was just thinking it. Yeah, but the NFL is the good old boy system. So when in the good old boy system, you have a, a handful of owners that are manipulating or controlling and are in bed with the president. So he can he can shoot down to them. I want you guys to do this. I want you guys to do that. And You're talking about direction. the big C. Yeah. You're talking about collusion. Yeah. Which is going to be interesting, which is also why Kaepernick is trying to subpoena him. Yes. Which I don't know. I don't know how he could be successful in that, but it's a very interesting concept. They said that it could happen. In theory, all this stuff can happen. I just hope whatever it is is going to happen starts to happening faster because this is <laughs> because this that four years will be up confusion. in a few minutes, right? Yeah, it'll be up in a few minutes. It'll be time for him to start putting the parade on again. Well, uh, you got anything else that you want to cover about yourself, about your career? So when it's in a fight, ESPN July fourteenth, live in New Orleans. If you can't be there, come. Now, I mean, to, watch it. Watch it. Right, if you can't be there, watch it on ESPN. Well, we'll pump it up as well in the in the following weeks as it gets closer to the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quick question: Are you on social media? Yes. Where can um, the people find you? Just I, I I mainly do um Instagram at Regis Progray R E G I S P R O G R A I S. I follow you immediately. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, news and notes real quick. You see, Rafael Nadal is about to to he's yeah. in the position to pick up the, the uh, to top his own record. Yeah. He went to the finals, but I'm going to tell you something. What? He's in for a fight, Randy Piper. Because this kid, Dominic Team is the individual who has beat him on clay a few times. Wow. Yes. And so it's going to go down in France on Sunday. This is what I'm here to tell now, you. Now, what time in the morning is it over here that we should 6 watch 6 p.m. West Coast, 9 p.m. East Coast. Uh, sorry, 6 a.m. West yep. Coast, 9 a.m. Uh, uh, East Coast. Mm. It's, a, it's a serious situation. We had a travel show on, uh, on the tennis channel where we follow uh, uh, the tennis tournaments around the world. Mm-hmm. And we explore the cities that are... Uh, hosting these tournaments, yeah, and uh, and in that, the R.I.P. to Anthony Bourdain because he's a he he kind of set the bar in mm-hmm. creating that sort of you know that sort of program. You know, with him, it's like uh, social media wise, it's big, but when you watch television this morning and stuff, they weren't covering it as much as I thought that they should. He's like a cultural icon, and on so, mm-hmm. just like you were saying, on social media, you can't get away from it. Yeah, yeah. But on television, they're lightly speaking about it. You know, they go in a little bit, but you know, they could do some cultural icon. They, they might check. push it later today or something like they that. They think that's Maybe. what it is. Yeah, they, they, they said might that, push that CNN it. was putting together a, a tribute for yeah. him. Yeah, they might push it a little. He later. deserves it because mm-hmm. he, you know, he Man, changed the format. The uh-huh. But I, I did a whole piece. That's what I did. I did a whole intro about that. About honestly, I, now more than ever, I feel more confident that we are not connecting as Americans because this is why people get to this point of loneliness and hopelessness that make you want to take your own life this is you got to be down in dark for that man mm-hmm. i mean i haven't been down in the dumps before but i never thought to myself it was go time 
Right. Yeah. Not, not not at my own, you know, not, not by my own hand. Right. Yeah. And uh, you have to really be in a spot where you feel like there's no other answers. There, there, you got to be, you got to be in a hard spot to want to go that route. I just think that the, in this era of communication, we have a problem with communication. You know? This is my point. Uh-huh. That's my point. Because basically, through social media and everything, yeah, it's social for, media is messing people up. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So if uh, I have something I, to I say it, to you, I won't call you and say, hey, Regis, man, I got a problem with this or that. I'll shoot you a text message today. Exactly. You know? Yeah, social exactly. media is exactly. definitely messing people up. I, I was um, watching the study about it, and they actually said what they were saying. Um, when you when you get a notification or something it's like that, it's an endorphin. It goes off the serotonin. Four, goes it, it goes up four hundred percent. It's said it's like cocaine. Exactly, almost the same. Almost the same as cocaine. That's crazy. It, but look, the thing about cocaine, you you. I mean, well, the thing about social media, kids can do it. Yeah, and and the other thing point. I thought you was about to say as well. That's a good point. The other thing I thought you was about to say was. There's notable and noted side effects of cocaine use mm-hmm. and prolonged cocaine use. Mm-hmm. Sugar does the same thing for people. There's noted side effects: obesity, uh, you know, uh, uh, diabetes, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. We are just now establishing the social media era, yeah. And in my opinion, the noted side effects that we're seeing is this spike in suicides and school shootings and school shootings, yeah. And you know, all of this stuff that that that. This angst that people have, you can even add the 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 tensions, the mm-hmm. divisions politically mm-hmm. in this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the reasons why is because a lot of people don't have courage to say things to other people's face. Instead, you can hide behind a text message or a, exactly. a tweet or an Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. anything. Man, how many tough guys do you have to deal with on social media? Zero, because I don't respond to nobody. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't, that's I don't that's respond good. to no. That's, that's Listen, a good policy. You can put like well, the thing with social media. Like you can put no matter you can put a smiley face up and somebody's gonna have something Somebody bad has to, something say negative about. to say. Right. Floyd Mayweather can post a picture of like him giving a homeless person some money or him with his daughter. Why did if you, you give him look, two million? Yeah, it's gonna be somebody that's gonna say something right. bad. Somebody always right. got something to say bad, you know. And you can hide behind Haters the screen. Go, hey. You can always hide behind a, a <laughs> right. you know a phone or whatever, you know. So that's why I, I don't I don't get on that stuff. I don't like like go back and forth lip wrestle or text wrestle <laughs> with people. I don't do that stuff. Like it's it's pointless. You know, um, it's is all. And point. yeah, you might not even be lip wrestling with a real person. Most likely, yeah, exactly. True. Yeah, it, it's it crazy. Might not, and and herein lies the issue. You put that powerful of a medium and that powerful of a tool mm-hmm. in the minds of people who are still forming their opinions about who they are about themselves mm-hmm. with with the kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Or people who are too fragile. To be able to take that hate and that criticism mm-hmm. because you have to be strong to be able to digest that and not explode. It's true. Yeah. You know, improperly. And we're, we're seeing the evidence of it. And yeah, it's, all, like, it's crazy. Like, all these school shootings. I don't know how you grew Unbelievable. Up, but I grew up in the hood. I was from New Orleans. We never had Ain't that nobody thinking about shooting up the school. A school? Well, honestly, when I grew up part-time in Los Angeles, we had school shootings and teachers used to get beat up all the time and it wasn't a big deal. Nobody ever really said anything about it. One of the guys that we lived next door to in Gardena beat up a school teacher real bad, mm-hmm. threw a brick through his window and everything. After he beat him up, he didn't even go to jail. They didn't even. It wasn't on the news. It wasn't any of that. But through social media now and everything, people can actually make more noise with that. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things I was telling my brother about is that we have a bunch of young kids now with these school shootings that are in adult situations and adult relationships and yeah. everything oh, else. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's another thing. You know, and it's hard enough even if you're married, you're an adult 
to be yeah. able to handle that, let mm-hmm. alone a, a 16-year-old or 15-year-old. Yeah. And then somebody puts out, you you think you like somebody, you send them a naked picture, they show everybody. It's all bad. Social now, media. Yeah, now all of a sudden this, these kids snap. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. But you know also, though, that, that there's a big difference. I just want to put this out there as a caveat. There's a big difference between shootings at school and school shootings. Yeah. yeah. Because that's that's what that's what he's talking about. Yeah. I do believe, and that's what I mean. Like in the hood, and, and we and never it, had that. You know what I mean? Like we shooting up uh, twenty people at the school. Yeah, no, like, yeah, somebody yeah. getting one, get one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Yeah, that's 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 kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, because if we get into it at school and we mix it up. Hey, mm-hmm. we mix it up. You get me, I get you. The last thing I'm thinking about is you about to come shoot up the whole school. The whole school, teachers and all. Like, or, why? Like, or if you beat me down, the last thing I'm thinking about is, man, forget that, man. I'm just, Everybody getting it in. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Everybody in history class is it's, yeah. it's go time. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, huh? it, it's crazy. I, and uh, it's social media to a lot of it's social media because they can't, the kids can't escape that. You know, they away. go home they like, can't get away. you know, like before can't the cell away. phones and stuff like that, you know, you get teased at school. All right. What? Seven of seven or three or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You go home with your people and stuff. Now it's all day long. Yeah, it rides it's day long. It, it's, it's on you. Yeah. You get yeah, notifications you. and, you yeah. know, if somebody yeah. teaches you at school, it's all day long. You, you constantly getting teased and the kids, you know, a lot of strong, if you got to be strong minded to, I guess, be able to take that. But the kids got to be developed. Well, and yeah, they, well, they just and not, they, not they, developed. Not the, exactly. Kid. But exactly. let me ask you this though, just like the endorphins shoot up when you get a positive message, what does it do when you get that negative message? Gotta look that up. Make you I'm rage sure. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something bad. Yeah, yeah. something bad. Mm-hmm. It makes you shoot up the podcast, <laughs> and that's what. No, just <laughs> bad joke. It was a been poor taste. Sorry about that. <laughs> poor but form. no, no. But that's what you know. This is the thing. It, you're always tapping into yeah. something one yeah. way or the other, and if you aren't emotionally fit or developed or developed to handle it, and this is adults that we're seeing aren't there. Yeah, let alone children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with that, want to give a shout out to a friend of the Ozone, uh, Raul Fernandez, and the Washington Capitals for yeah. winning their Raul's first got it done. Stanley Cup ever for the city uh, of uh, Washington, for the district rather of Columbia. A lot of love there. I look forward to that parade. You got Alexander Ovechkin, who's probably finally going to get his just desserts because he's one of the greats that everybody tried to hang over his head that he didn't have a ring in one of those situation, weird ring situations. Uh, we want to thank our, our guest today. Thank you guys so much for coming through. Yeah, it's Los Angeles you. on a Friday, and we know what the traffic yes. is like. You're busy. You're training. You know, y'all doing stuff. I appreciate you stopping by. I really do. You are a friend of the Ozone at this point. If you ever want to call in, you ever want to come back, the door is open. You got something to promote. Cool. Don't hesitate to reach out. It's all good. Cool. Thank you. Uh, and just want to leave you guys with an African proverb, and I think it's particularly relevant today, and it is, if you wish to move mountains tomorrow, you must start by lifting stones today. Take care of yourselves, folks. This is the Ozone, and remember, we are all in this thing together. Ozone. I'm just living the dream.